I'm Maddie, and I love musicals. I'm Katoko, and I hate them. Maddie loves musicals. Katoko hates them. Welcome to Broadway, the podcast where we invite our friends to talk about their favorite musical every week and try to convince Katoko why they should love this musical too. Some are great and some should die, and also invite friends to try to answer Broadway. This week, we're talking about Greece, unfortunately. Um, so Wikipedia <laughs> describes the show as Greece is a 1971 musical by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey, named after the wow. working class youth subculture known as <laughs> Greasers. The musical is set in 1959 at fictional Rydell High School. The show follows 10 working class teenagers as they navigate the complexities of peer pressure. Politics, sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm just wondering what they mean. I'm trying not to be judgy. I'm sorry. Okay. Go on. Personal core values and love. The show mentions social issues. <laughs> sorry, go on. The show mentions social issues such as teenage pregnancy, peer pressure, and gang violence. <laughs> Its themes <laughs> Its themes include love, friendship, teenage rebellion, sexual exploration during adolescence, and to some extent, class consciousness and class conflict. Oh wow. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sure it was real for the time. I'm sure it was real for the was it? I don't know. I don't know. One wears like leather jackets and the other one is like poodle skirts, and apparently that's that's class conflict. <sighs> Yeah, but I wear like both at the same time. That's called uh, gender is a construct, I think. <laughs> That's, <laughs> class conflict. That's class conflict. Um, <laughs> That's anti-oppression. <laughs> it remains the 16th longest running show in Broadway history, which I feel like isn't really worth mentioning because like, what's the pride in being 16th? <laughs> <laughs> But maybe that's just me. No, maybe, maybe it matters. <laughs> it depends. Like sixteen out of what, though? Like sixteen out of twenty is nothing to brag about. Sixteen out of a hundred—that's pretty. That good. just that's, that's true. different. That's true. yeah. You make a good point there. Thank you so much. <laughs> Do you want to introduce our guest? <laughs> yes. So today we have Kyle. Kyle is a person, and an actor, and a friend. Most in the GTA. Most importantly, a friend. That's it. That's all we have for Kyle. <laughs> Okay, that's that's not sufficient. Okay, so Kyle is a like hilarious person and uh, a really fun, like lanky human, and also <laughs> once played a super villain in a kids show, and I think that's worth mentioning. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, I think the introductions <laughs> about uh, this is Kyle's. I've worst. already worn out my welcome. This is, this is Kyle's worst fear as people saying nice things about him while he has to sit there in silence and listen. And it, <laughs> Exactly. Except the compliment, Kyle. I don't know how. I, I, it, it, it's foreign to me. It makes no sense. Oh, we'll unpack that later. <laughs> <Let's> go... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, first, let's unpack this description. I feel like I've been set up to fail here by the Wikipedia <laughs> description. Tell us why. Because that is not Greece. Um, <laughs> at least not what I remember about the show. What is Greece? Uh, what is Greece to you? I think before any of this, we got to start by looking at this is a musical written in the 70s about people living in the 50s. 
It's definitely not going to be politically correct. This is going to be a lot of flaws. Some subtle, some very blatant. And I think we got to look through the lens in which the years it was made and try and just, you know, enjoy the fun stuff about it. Mm. Spoken like a white man. (laughs) No, but for real, tell us what this musical actually is about. Uh, Okay, so this musical is honestly about nonsense, pretty much. Young Danny Zuko has uh, just gotten back from a summer of love with an Australian girl named Sandy, who's very prim and proper, but he's a little bit of a cool cat, you know? He's kind of like, he's he's the coolest cat in school. And uh, she shows up at his school as an exchange student after this summer of love, and she thinks they're going to rekindle it, but now he's too cool for school because all his friends are around. And, you know, it's sort of them navigating that. I, I hated the way you said summer of love so much. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I kind of got summer stuck there. <laughs> so, like, how does it end? Uh, do they end up together? They they do. They they overcome in a probably the wrong way, but in a, in, a, in a way that sort of just wraps up the show. Do you want to describe how, uh, what happened? How does it, how is it resolved, Kyle? <laughs> well, uh, well, you know, Danny Zuko comes to the conclusion that like, maybe I don't have to be too cool for school. Maybe I should, you know, show my feelings. But then before he actually does that, Sandy just completely changes herself, takes on his outfit, and shows up and is like, no, I'll just be a badass like you. Yeah. And (laughs) then they fly away in a car together, though. And that's nice. You know, everybody has fun there. So I feel like, I feel like Grace, um, it's, it's, it's problematic, problematic, but I feel like it's most, like, the most notable, um, issue that people have with it is that the ending where it's like, Sandy changes herself for Danny. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I kind of am struggling because I feel like young Maddie was like, ooh, this musical sucks. Um, <laughs> that's how I sounded when I was young. Um, but then I'm, but I think lately I've been questioning is Sandy changing for Danny or is she just owning her sexuality and owning herself? Okay, see, looked at through that lens. This movie's quite progressive, guys. I'm turned around as well. <laughs> if you have to like pick a side, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, if you squint your brain just enough, this movie's great. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. As like a feminist, I'm like, do whatever you want. If even if like, in, regardless of the reasons, like, if you want to change for a boy, do it. Change for the next boy, it's fine. But also, like, love yourself. But also, like, I just, I don't buy that, like, she did that to embrace her sexuality, yeah. if that makes sense. No. Like, I don't feel like the, the musical said was, like, I don't think the musical said anything like that. I think it was just like, oh, she's going to be like Danny now, and he's going to, did he wear a cardigan? He did. Didn't they both change? He did. He yeah. does. He, he, he tries his best to change. He wears a cardigan. He joins a sports team. He, like, gets on athletic gear. You know, he makes the effort to change. But then, but then he, Sandy. But, he tries. but then Sandy shows up in 
the leather so if anything it's saying she she's like i'm better than you at changing and you know that's a win that's a win for feminism right (laughs) women (laughs) (laughs) i'm kind of stuck on the fact that wikipedia said that this was about class conflict and that wearing poodle skirts and being on a sports team is a sign of being upper class and wearing leather jackets and fixing cars is lower class and how that doesn't translate today it's definitely a product of its time more than today i think was that the like pressing class conflict at the time well i i think you gotta look at it through that's the way people in the 70s looked at people in the 50s and we can look at it now and be like well they were both off you know (laughs) (laughs) they were both the worst (laughs) they were both the worst but from like an anthropological perspective you know you look back at it and go oh look how wrong they were and stuff does this mean that sandy is upper class she's not the working class yeah, I think she, I guess in that description, she's supposed to be the upper class. Because I've. But you know what? I yeah. think one thing I think gets overlooked a lot in this is the Rizzo, Rizzo? and Kaniki story. Mm-hmm. Because. Rizzo is the best character. I might have accidentally dropped Rizzo on stage during the hand jive dance. You're joking. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what? She landed on her feet, kind of. She was very graceful. <laughs> I went down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> how did you did you stay in character uh yeah i mean i lost <laughs> the hand jab competition i guess it made more sense it would have been embarrassing now. if you who wins the hand drive competition is it danny and it's danny cha cha it would have been yeah. embarrassing and cha-cha. Don't... if you were danny <laughs> and you had to win <laughs> <laughs> yeah they do say some mean things about cha-cha although in the musical it's not as much slut shaming as they just body shame her oh that's better (laughs) yeah it's she's what uh she's described a lot more poorly in the musical yeah it didn't didn't age well i think someone says something about yeah getting handsy with her and then someone else is like oh if he was it was probably to make a bug collection for biology like oh my god yeah it's it's it's, i mean why'd you have that memorized it's a witty insult i was in the play guys i remember it (laughs) there's a bit more in the movie than there is the play i think the play's got a little less whereas the movie has like a full different musical number at the drive-in in the, oh, what's that musical number? In the play, it's a song called Alone at the Drive-In. And it's after Danny has kind of like, he tries to force himself a bit on a Sandy. A bit, he does, says, he tries. He does, he does, oh, yeah. he straight up does. And she slaps him and is like, I'm not that kind of girl and leaves. And in the play, he just <laughs> sings a song about being alone at the drive-in and kind of sad. That's well, the he should be alone forever. Coming for the Danny Zuko yeah. right now. Is that what those sirens are? <laughs> Yeah, my question is, is Danny Zuko a good guy? Well, see, in the movie, I would say no, because in the movie, the song he sings afterwards, at one point, he has a point where he's just like, oh, Sandy, you hurt me real bad. You know it's true. And it's like, she didn't hurt you. You forced yourself on her. That's kind of why I don't try and reframe this. I think he is a good guy in the play more so than the movie. In the movie, not so much. Uh... 
he one he steals Grease Lightning. That's a Kaniki song <laughs> in the play. Makes him a and, bad guy. Uh, in the movie, he sings it. Makes no sense. Okay. Well, Kaniki, it's Kaniki's car. Kaniki's got to just sit there and be like, "Yeah, keep talking about my car." And Danny gets to do all the. Come on, I'll admit the song <laughs> is a jam. It's uh, quite catchy, but it's it's. Thank it's you wrong. for holding that complexity. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, why do you uh, like the show? Sorry, so I want to talk go about... ahead. I want to know oh, okay. why he likes. It. Uh, no, you know what? He, I'm curious about that too. I just wanted to hear his thoughts on Rizzo. Oh yeah, let's go back to that. Uh, I think she's she's a actually a very strong character, even though it, the show's got a lot of misogyny and chauvinism and from an older time and whatnot. But I, I think Rizzo's uh, a very powerful female character. Correct answer. You've moved on to the next <laughs> Correct answer. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, she gets some fantastic I songs. I love her songs. She, uh... So, Maddie, yeah, you had Kyle, a question. Why do you like this show? No, I think it's because this show kind of has everything I sort of like about a musical, which is is musicals are kind of like the last place in theater where you sort of just get to turn off your brain and have <laughs> fun for a while. Like, yeah, there's there's some more woke and socially conscious musicals, but I kind of like just seeing something completely silly, ridiculous, plots kind of loose. Yeah, I just like sitting back, having a fun time. All the, there's a bunch of fun numbers. The songs are catchy. There's a ton of randomness with the angel and the flying car. And there's just weird things like John Travolta laughing in the diner. When he does the, oh, Sandy, don't make me laugh. <laughs> and like, you can't tell if he's crying, laughing, or coming, or a combination of the three, Aww. but it could only exist in a <laughs> oh musical, guys. Oh, my God. John Travolta? Are you a fan of John no. Travolta's performance in the movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how can you not be? Have you seen the way... Is he better in Greece? He dances on that car. Than in hairspray? He's not in here. Oh, he's is in hairspray. Yeah, he's in hairspray. Oh, in like... he's married to Chris Walken. God, oh, <laughs> that's another podcast. <laughs> that's the greatest couple ever. <laughs> Do you have a favorite number? I mean, the saxophone and there are worse things I can do is is pretty great. That's. <laughs> That's up there is like peak moment, but in terms of a full number, uh, actually, it's another Rizzo song. The "Look at Me, I'm Sandra D." One that's a, that's a dope number too. Wasn't she bullying Sandy in that song? She is. She is bullying her the whole time. But god damn it, is she doing it to a catchy tune? <laughs> bullying is fine as long as it's to a catchy tune. It's very well done and witty. As long as you sing well. it. So if you could be any character in Greece, who would you be? Ooh, Do you that's mean a tough like question. A character that he could play or a character like he wants to be in his regular everyday life? Because <laughs> those are two different things. Yeah, is this <laughs> an acting question or a life question? I'm going to say both. Am I committed to this? Both, both. One forever, oh, one for so a show. I'm, so I'm <laughs> 30 years old. I'm in high school. Uh, I've made some mistakes. And that's pretty much all of them. Uh, now I just got to decide which mistakes I want to make. Uh, <laughs> hmm. You know what? Actually, I would be uh, Vince Fontaine. <laughs> the 
<laughs> the radio host who comes Doesn't in to he, host the hand he's super creepy too? right he's a little bit creepy he, he hits on a high school girl i forgot about that now i'm kind of backtracking my answer uh, yeah i have some questions i just remember him going throw those mittens around your kittens and away we go and you know it's it's a fun line but now uh what the the kittens heck? he was throwing the mittens around seem to have been underage so maybe maybe not do you have a different choice good on you for having morals maybe i'll stick with kaniki i'll stick back with him i think he's a he's a pretty noble character he doesn't do anything too too bad I'm trying to think of, i'm trying to think of i mean he finds out rizzo's pregnant and he wants to be with her and rizzo says don't worry about it. It's not even your kid. Huh. And then at the end, like, so Rizzo basically said she cheated on him and got pregnant with someone else. But then at the end, when she's like, I'm not pregnant at all, Kaniki's like, I don't care. We're back together because he <laughs> likes her that much. Did he, did... I was always kind of confused. Like, whoa, aren't they going to dress the cheating sure part or are they all just chill him. with it? I don't okay, think she I did. Guess... I think she just lied and said that it was someone else's kid so that Kaniki could like go on with his life because Rizzo was like oh do you have any last words Kyle to say about Greece I mean I think the show speaks for itself it's uh <laughs> Grease Lightning go Grease Lightning mm -hmm. and uh that's about it that's that's you really have, I um, think sums it all elevator pitch, uh for why Kotoko should just give it the time of day or care at all <laughs> are we talking about seeing the play or the movie yeah because it Ooh. might alter my pitch Ooh. i think okay damn yeah can you give us one for each okay for the play lots of fun lots of 50s nostalgia if you like that kind of stuff and Super, uh, super entertaining dance numbers and outfits and just a, a it, it pops, you know, it's got all the bright colors and whatnot. They always do a cool diner set. It's fun to see. And uh, in terms of the movie, I would say go see it because it's just completely bonkers. Like there's, <laughs> there's an angel from the sky. There's John Travolta doing his own thing. They're all way too old. In fact, the dude from the rival gang is like 40 <laughs> to 50 years old. He's got like spots all over his face. Like you, you can uh, see the age this. and wrinkles in his face. It looks like he it looks like he was someone from the 50s that they brought in to consult about the play. <laughs> and they were like, what was it like growing up in the 50s? And he's like, I'll show you and threw on a leather jacket and got in. And and I love that. And they That's were like, yes, we'll keep it. Show. That's perfect. And they fly off in a car at the end. So, so what I'm hearing. Yeah, they were like, don't cut a minute of that. What I'm hearing is that it's basically Riverdale, but made in the 70s. Is that correct? Riverdale made in the 70s about the mm. 50s. Mm. In that case, I will watch it again. <laughs> I haven't seen Riverdale, so I'm really trusting. You should watch character. Riverdale. It's wild. Oh, it's wild. <laughs> wild. Literally everything you just said about Greece is there. Some Archie comics. Oh, it's not the Archie <laughs> you grew up loving. I'm in. I'm sold. It's Archie, but he uh he fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What are you talking about? Archie always fucks. Are you kidding me? Betty and Veronica whatever the entire plot. Archie doesn't really have necessarily a purpose other than to like 
fight gangs and like fuck Veronica. And that's like the only scenes you see him in. <laughs> Whoa, he picked Veronica? Yeah. Spoilers, guys. It, Come on. Yeah. Wait, is Jughead still wearing the crown? But it's like a crown. He beanie. wears a beanie. Yeah. He, I always thought I always thought Jughead and Archie were, were gonna hook up. That was could still happen. That was where they should have gone with Riverdale. I think that's true. And I think they should have done Betty and Veronica together. Yeah. I'm so tired of queer baiting. Just make everyone gay. Um, Thank you, Kyle. Kyle, do you have uh, a pop culture <laughs> yeah. plug for the end of the episode? Uh, ooh, uh, if no one's listening to it, the Oh Hello, the podcast is something that's given me a lot of joy during it's quarantine so right now. And it's just a delightful podcast about the uh, murder of Princess Di. You know, a very <gasps> relevant story that we're all familiar with. Oh, I used to love Princess Diana. I'm not surprised. Oh, and so do they. They really <laughs> give it the time of day it deserves. Uh, Kotoko, do you have a pop culture post? Westworld. I just finished Westworld season three, and oh my god, it's amazing. Ooh, I, I was well. just watching that last night. Yeah, I would agree as well. Okay. As soon as you finish it, Kyle, <laughs> message me. Because I want to talk about it. I finished um, season one of Westworld, and then I wanted to watch season two, but a bunch of people told me it was really bad. Um, so I never watched it. So I haven't, I've only seen Ugh. season one, which was incredible. Like, I don't want to be like one of those pretentious assholes who's like, they just didn't get it. But like... <laughs> It's like, it's like, I think it makes sense. Like, I think what people were having trouble with is like the switching timelines or whatever. But by season three, I think it kind of like makes sense. Like it's confusing, but then you have to think about it for a while. And then by the time you get through season three, you're like, oh, I I understand. The first season is like, it's like watching someone assemble a jigsaw puzzle. And you're like, I think I can see the picture. And then at the end, you're like, oh my God, it was two pictures all along. (laughs) But then season two is like someone took a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle and just started whipping pieces at your face and going, <laughs> do you see the picture? And you're like, no, I can't see a thing. You're just whipping no. pieces at my face. Look, like, I think this needs to be and then you go to the finale podcast. and they explain it all. <laughs> no, I feel like this needs to be a separate podcast because I like so like aggressively disagree. <laughs> I think they knew exactly uh, what they were doing. Ugh, anyways, Maddie, what um, what do you want to oh, recommend? Watching the newest season of Nailed It, and uh, I I I don't mean to be dramatic, but I think I would die for Nicole Byer. She is so funny and so wacky and just like unapologetically herself in like everything she does. And I have like I just love her so much, so so much. Um. So yeah, Nailed It, and it's Nailed It. The Aww. premise of Nailed It is just like so funny where it's just they bring on mediocre bakers to bake like gourmet things and like really technically challenging things (gasps) and the whole premise is just like it's terrible like they the the end products are awful (laughs) thank you so much kyle for coming on and teaching us about greece Thanks so much for having me i would love to come back and talk about nick cannon's drumline or the uh, completely underrated Jump In, starring Corbin Blue. <laughs> hey everyone, Broadway editor Claude here. Unfortunately, our tech failed out on us for the tail end of this episode, so we don't have our outro. Um, I know, we all wanted to hear more of Kyle talking about Drumline. It's a travesty. Uh, 
Anyway, we are still figuring out this podcast thing, so please bear with us, and we'll be back next week for another great episode of Broadway. <laughs>